Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast with Jesse Simonton, Rob Lewis, and Austin Price. Brent Hubs, glad to have you along with us on this Tuesday. Plenty to get to as uh, recruiting, um, I won't say heats up, but it gets interesting for sure down the stretch here heading to signing day. Tennessee coaches are Who on the road. January was boring? January is just different. It's it just is, yeah. it's just the volume of the volume of things in January is different. But there's plenty to get to in, in on the recruiting front, and, and we're going to get to all of that and kind of dive into the last week and uh, the week ahead uh, as well. Talk about plenty of other things in football. Let's start first with the Tennessee basketball team, Rob. Um, a ugly first half against Vanderbilt. I guess a better second half. Tennessee beats a really bad basketball team. Yeah, I mean, it, it's on the one hand, you you want to like really take some positives from that because it was the best offensive half of basketball they played in a long, long time. Scored 46 points, shot 67%, but as you just said, that's a bad Vanderbilt basketball team and then lost 24 SEC games in a row, which is incredible. It's, it's getting ready to be a record. Uh, Sewanee, I think, currently holds it. They, and I don't want to say it's 25. Back when, when, when did Sewanee leave the league? Right. It's noteworthy. <laughs> they're, they're, so almost as noteworthy as not making a three in over a thousand yeah, games or whatever. So, I mean, but but Tennessee has been so bad on offense. You still have to you know leave that game feeling like maybe that they found a little something. I mean, they only took eight three pointers. I think that was a big step in the right direction. After the previous two games combined against South Carolina and Georgia, they chucked up fifty-seven, made twelve, which is you know kind of an exercise in futility. Uh, Jordan Bowden was a was a lot better. So, you know, I don't care how bad Vanderbilt is. As bad as Tennessee's been on offense, I, I still feel like maybe that they, you know, they at least left that game with a blueprint for how they need to play. You know, Bowden's got to put it on the floor, get to the basket. You know, you got to get out and transition some. But still, it's, you know, it, it's a team with some, with, some, with some problems. Yeah, no doubt. But, you know, they ran the floor a little better. Uh, Bowden gets to the free throw line. The question is, can he do that consistently? Can Fulkerson run the – run the floor consistently and, and some of the things that we saw them do against Vanderbilt who was bad in transition defense. You got Ole Miss coming to town uh, tonight. Interesting Ole Miss team. Yeah, I mean, they're, they got they're, some talent. But well, they, they've got one they, of the best players in the league and, and Brian Taylor, but they're, you know, they're 0-4. Much like Tennessee, I mean, Taylor's the only senior on that roster, so kind of a transitional year for them. Just, you know, I, I like Tennessee's chances tonight, but, but this isn't a team that can take anybody for granted at, at all. And, they, and they, they've got to get this one. I mean, me and Austin were talking the other day. If you look at the schedule, these next two SEC – I mean, throw Kansas, huge. Throw Kansas out. It's, that's a, I mean, I, I'll you can be, be five and two. If, if, they take, if they handle Ole Miss tonight, a, a, you know, mediocre Texas a and team next, next Tuesday, they're five and two in league play, a little less than halfway through, and, and you give yourself a chance. So, I mean, th- these next two home SEC games are big, big. Yeah, a huge, a huge one tonight. Interesting in the league, it looks like it's Kentucky, it's Auburn, Kentucky, and then kind of everybody else. You, you, you kind of think that, but I throw LSU up there. I mean, they're undefeated. They're at the top, and Auburn just is coming off a horrible week. I mean, just two. I mean, Florida's good, but Alabama is not. Alabama hammered them. Florida, I mean, they, Auburn scored 43 points at Florida. So, you know, I mean, I, Auburn is still, you know, certainly – in the mix for for the league title, but I just just a really down year in the SEC. Just a bad, it's just not a good just, year. I mean, can, no no top ten teams right now. Only two teams are ranked: LSU and Auburn, fifteen and sixteen, I think. You know, and and, and LSU is 
the lone undefeated, just not not a lot to get so, excited so about with maybe, SEC maybe, basketball. Maybe you're not talking about getting eight in the tournament at the oh, end of the year, God, like like man. everybody's lobbying for for the last few years. I'm trying to think right now. I mean, is there more than is there more than three? Is there more of those three teams we just talked about? I mean, who else is? You got Kentucky's going to get in. Kentucky, Auburn's LSU, gonna and Auburn LSU. are going to get in. Uh, Arkansas, maybe. Lenardi, in Lenardi's latest thing, he had uh, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, all kind of in that first four out, you know, yeah. last four in, next four out type of bubble deal. Yeah, and, that I mean, came, and that came out before this week if started. Tennessee's going to stay in that conference, I mean, they, they have absolutely have to win these next two at home. As Austin just said, that'll put them at five and two, and then, then things get tough. you got looking ahead to, to the next week, you've got two road games – against Alabama and Mississippi State, neither of who are great, are great, but, you know, Tennessee's going to be an underdog both those games. Right. But I mean, if they could somehow get a split, they'd be 6-3 and three halfway through the conference season. But then you've got the back half of the schedule, you've got two games against Auburn, two games against Kentucky, Florida at home, you go to Arkansas. I mean – It's a brutal finish. It's. I mean, I can see Tennessee – you know, losing five or six of their last nine. Yeah. E- easily. Yeah. It's tough. And not, not playing bad. I mean, right. just. Well, the, and the question is how much better is this team going to get? You know, can, can they get any consistency? I mean, what, what's this team going to be two weeks from now? Are they, are, you know, is the second half, not that you're going to shoot 67%, but is the second half, the way you attack the basket, the second half against Vanderbilt, is that really who you're going to become night in and night out? Against some teams that will defend you, yeah. which Vanderbilt won't. You know, that, I think that's the question. Yeah, I think they actually will get better. I just don't know that that's going to show up in the one loss call. Right. I, but, I think this how much be better, better are they going to Plavik get? is going to, you know, get better, give you a little more. But it's it, – it, the back half of the schedule is so heavy, you know, weighted that way that I, I think they can be significantly better than they are right now, and it's – it's, it's not going to show up in wins and losses. Yeah, but again, as you mentioned, the back half of the schedule looks rough, and then you have a week where Auburn no-shows for a week. You know, and, and because of the um, roller coaster that this league is, I guess you never know. I mean, Georgia looks good at home, hammers Tennessee, goes to Mississippi State. Loses by 40. Get, just, just gets absolutely hammered. So um, – when you're not a very good league overall, I guess anything can happen. So we'll see what happens with this Tennessee basketball team. But as Rob mentioned, these next two SEC games are absolutely huge uh, for this basketball Love team. Love a home 9 p.m., right, Rob? <laughs> not as much as Rick Barnes loves the home 9 p.m. Not a fan. He's not a fan. He's not. A, nobody's a fan of the home home game 9 p.m. start. But that's what you get tonight with Ole Miss. I'd be interested to see the crowd. When you, when you Cold, 30 degrees, 20 yeah, degrees. And, and, and they had a couple last year and, and still had good crowds, but they also won 31 games. Right. And you know we're ranked number one yeah. in, in the country, so I, I bet that I bet it, I bet it cost them tonight. Yeah, I'd say it probably will hurt. Will should hurt them tonight. I mean, you're not playing great. You're not nearly as good as you were a year and ago. And this is not it's, Florida or, or Kentucky. Right. Yeah, it's an zero and four. Zero and four in the SEC on this team. on a night where it's really cold in Knoxville. You know, I, I don't mean to harp on the weather, but cold weather sucks. That's <laughs> just the bottom line. I hate cold weather, and it's really cold right now. So we'll see how that shows up. All right, talking. About, let's get out of the cold weather and turn up uh, the heat a little bit on, on recruiting. Um, first of all, Harrison Bailey, already here, obviously, but he does get his fifth star that everybody's been wanting and looking for. I think that is a product of a guy who was a good player as a junior, good player as an eighth grader that everybody knew about. But if you watch his junior, sophomore junior tape, 
the way he plays compared to the way he played his senior year. That is a guy, Austin, who was a much better player in his senior year. Physically different. Uh, and, and not that he played poorly as a junior, but he was, he was better his senior year. Well, yeah, he was. And, and you know, Jesse, Jesse's talked about it several times, just how he kind of transformed his body, his lower body, his legs, um, become much more of a threat to, to, you know, if things broke down, he could make a eight or nine yard scramble, you know, and, and pick up a first down to extend a drive or, or just make a solid play with his legs. And then, of course, I mean, his ability to throw, it's, you know, never really been questioned. I mean, he, he throws a pretty ball. He's got nice touch. And, uh, again, I mean, what they did winning the state title this year, again, with Jesse, I mean, like, B.J. Ojolari is one heck of a defensive player, but the fact he's on your offensive line at the high school level and, you don't, you know, and he's one of your better linemen, you know, it, it, Harrison didn't exactly have, you know, a big wall up there in front of him. And, you know, they still, you know, were able to go out and win a state title. Yeah, I mean, he was throwing to dudes. He's got no, hundred percent. But a I mean, bunch like of his he, guys, he wasn't. Going, he, like you can have the greatest wide receivers, but if the protection's not there, you know, unless you're throwing a bunch of bubble screens. Um, I mean, I think it's well deserved. I mean, he had a fantastic uh, senior season. He, you know, was right behind some some all timers in terms of the, the the Peach State at the high school level. Guys that have gone on to great success: Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, from I mean, all those guys have had varying degrees to, you know, immense success to really good success. So I think it's well-deserved, and he's on campus, and, and every Tennessee fan will kind of get to see him in, in, in the flesh this spring. And I'm sure whatever throws or runs he has in the orange and white game is going to be dissected for the next, you know, four months as we enter the 2020 season and folks are like, you know, still kind of shrugging their shoulders about JG. Yeah, and some people, Rob, will be ready to build the LeBron statue and give him a gold jacket, that, right? I, I, I thought I saw a pickup pool in the general statue down as I was coming <laughs> in to tape the podcast today so the, to make room for Harrison Bailey. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, there's already a lot of hype and a lot of expectation, but it does it does even change that even some more, you know, that there, there'll be some people and, you know, look, he's going to go compete for the job. He might win the job, but there are going to be some – some who just expect him to win the job because, quote, he's a five-star, you know, and, and he's the only five-star quarterback on the roster in the room, and Tennessee wasn't exactly getting stellar quarterback play and a I year had, ago. I don't know why this became a conversation last night in the chat, but I, we, there's no need to go down, like, whatever revisionist history of who was, who was and wasn't recruiting Harrison two years ago. The fact of the matter is Tennessee's staff, headlined by Jim Chaney, really like the guy they have now because of the leaps he made right. as a senior. Case right. closed. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. Ha- that, that, that is what happens in college recruiting across the board where evaluations change and opinions change all the time. Yeah, because, and again, I don't want to go down that path either, but there was a point in time where they were, they were coveting highly, highly a quarterback in Texas who goes to Texas A&M while they had Harrison Bailey committed. It's not to say they didn't like Harrison Bailey, but they hadn't seen him play as a senior had, yet. Right, and, and they and, hadn't seen this new version of Harrison Bailey. Right. And to Harrison Bailey's credit, when Jim Chaney and Jeremy Pruitt and Chris Winkie told him what they needed to see out of him, he said, okay, fine. And he went and did it. Right. And, and he went and, and really, really enhanced his game, which is a credit to Harrison Bailey. And the coaching staff is elated that he's here. And everybody's excited to see what – this competition looks like in the spring and how, how well he throws it, how they manage the reps. Five guys. And who ends up being here when spring practice is over, right? That's right. Um, you know, and, and for Harrison, I mean, 
Much like, you know, I think Josiah James is a good example. Josiah at times shows flashes of why he was a five-star. You know, but again, he's still a freshman. You know, so he makes those typical freshman mistakes. And the same thing's going to happen with Harrison Bailey. The kids, even if he's got a great offensive line, you're still going to you're still going to make those those rookie mistakes. And you know, much like he got better from sophomore junior year to his senior year, he's going to get better here. And so um, it is hard. But it, that, that's when you're in a quarterback and you've got that kind of ranking, it's hard not to have the weight of the world on you as far as expectations. I mean, there's really no kind of you can't slow down the train on the tracks on that one. No, it's it's a full speed full speed freight train out of with no brakes out of control. Exactly. <laughs> there are still, I mean, there are shades of you got there are shades of five star. I mean, there's you, you got Nick's at Auburn, and you got Trevor Lawrence. I mean, both those kids are five stars, and they're different, you know, different yeah. different caliber players. Right, they are. That's a good point. You know, everybody's everybody's a little bit different. And again, it's fit, it's individual players' development. You know, I mean, all those things. I mean, I look at the NBA right now. Of course, you know, Zion Williamson hadn't been on the court unless he got on the court last night. I don't know if he played this weekend or last night or not. But, you know, he's battling. First game tomorrow. First game's tomorrow, okay. Wednesday night. All this stuff. You know, he, he was billed, and he's been hurt, but he was billed as the, quote, savior to the league or the next great thing for the league. And, and the kid at Murray State that's at Memphis right now. John Morant. You know, was good player, but he played at Murray State. This I mean, he's been the most exciting rookie he's to watch. He's rookie of the year. I mean, it's, and so the point being, you never know exactly how it's going to play out and, and who's going to show up. So um, I, I do. I will say this: Tennessee's elated with where Harrison Bailey is, how he arrived on campus. They like what he's done to this point, and they're excited to see what he does in spring practice. All right, Austin, we, we got to let's go back and, and I guess put the bow tie and the clothes on this Jay Hardy thing, if you want to, because I know it's been <laughs> requested multiple times to. To discuss it in in the podcast, Jesse, you can jump in here too. Uh, let's just talk about instead of just you know, you know, burning the kid down the road, which is not what you want to do or anybody wants to do. Just how did this happen? How did it slip through? Um, well, just just I mean, why why I mean, the kid the kid told Tennessee in the living room multiple weeks before before the early signing period. The family told Tennessee in the living room multiple weeks. I mean, I'm talking like both visits. You know, right. um, we're not signing early. He's going to wait till February, this and that. And um, Tennessee checked it Wednesday, nothing. Thursday, nothing. Friday at midnight, nothing. But in that same database, Friday at midnight was Darnell Washington signed with Georgia. Zach Evans signed with Georgia, much like a year, a year ago when they checked it. There was uh, Hazelwood Hazel. at Oklahoma. And so Tennessee – Took it at face value that at the end of, of you know Friday at midnight, did they, did they check it again? I I was told uh, no, no. I and was so, told no, and that and I do and, think and, that and, was a mistake by Tennessee not to check it on Monday morning. But but with that said, when a kid's you know you, you take the kid at face value, the family at face value, and then you look at the website and he's not there uh, for, in the, for the, three days. Yeah, in the business day Friday, you know I, I understand why Tennessee just said you know took him at, at his word. Where I think that's a fundamental flaw, and and just a just a breakdown. And this is not on the kid, okay? The kid, the kid, obviously, you know, tweeted to me, "I'm not signed yet," and we all know he had. Um, but that's not on the kid, man. To me, this is on the adults around him, his family, the people that that are play instrumental parts in his lives that are that are adults, the people at Auburn. You know, at the end of the day, Tennessee's got several people on this staff that worked with either Rodney Garner or other people on that staff. They knew. So you're telling me that you shouldn't have been like, wouldn't have picked up the phone call and said, hey, look, I know you guys have been still trying to recruit him. You don't think he signed. He actually signed with us. I'm just, you didn't hear this from me. I mean, it, it just, 
it, I understand why some fans are like, man, what, what was the what was the end game here? What was what was were they trying to set Tennessee up? Were they, you know, it again? I don't I don't find flaw in Jay Hardy. I mean, obviously, you know, he's 17, 18 years old. He's got to make his own decisions. But this, you know, hey, I've I've said or done things at seventeen or eighteen that I didn't that I look back and go, man, that was dumb. You know, I mean, like same thing with this kid. I mean, I I find more of a flaw with the adults around him than I do. Uh, the kid himself, um, you know. But with that said, the, the Auburn people that have tweeted at me about, you know, ruining the kid's moment, not him. The kid had his moment when he sat at the table in, in the fall and picked up the Auburn hat and put it on. He was just merely fulfilling that uh, moment by signing with the team that he had originally committed to when he had the original moment. If he wanted a second moment, he could have flipped to Tennessee or someone else. I didn't run any moment. So, like, that whole notion that, that the Auburn fans are trying to message with me or just to me is just stupid. So, what should something be done that 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 you can't do this? That you can't keep it quiet for you know past a certain period of time? I mean, is this because I don't know what the end game is. What what's the benefit of it? I mean, what what was the benefit of it for Auburn or any adult for them? Well, I Not, mean, I mean, his uh, the, the argument from <clears throat> the, his his side that that camp is that. And they have maintained this throughout. Is that you know he wanted to sign with his teammates. That everyone in Macaulay doesn't sign until February, and that's what he wanted to do. Um, well, you can still go have your ceremony. I and <laughs> and I agree, and I think that uh, is the easy retort to that you know statement. I also think though that there is some negligence again. I think Tennessee does look a little bit silly that they didn't just check again on Monday. That not that. Tennessee knows that sometimes in these instances it can take up to 48 hours or whatever for these deals to process. So for whatever reason, Auburn does it late on Friday, and then Tennessee doesn't check. And so is that camp the other side, you know, do they look worse because they're trying to play this whole obfuscation and, and trying to play this little, you know, cat and mouse game? Probably, but I also think that, you know, Tennessee's got a whole lot of people working in that building that have access to a compliance computer that could just get on and check a kid's name Monday morning, and then you don't send three kids to a basketball game. Yeah, I mean, and I think that, I mean, I, I think in talking to some people that Hardy's camp indicated to Tennessee that he has shut it down, he was done before they ever went to the basketball game. Never said he signed, said he was done. But in, tennis, in defense of Tennessee, well, well you keep we're, we're going to go until you look us in the eye and tell us don't come back type deal. So, so you know, I, I get that part of it. I just, I guess this is a byproduct of the early signing day, Rob, that you've got you've to hit refresh on a database to make sure the kid, you know, when he looked you in the eye and, and, and told you, hey, I'm not signing, and for three days he didn't appear to assign – that you got to, you can't trust. You can't trust that you got to go back and check it. Yeah, I mean, o- I, over the Christmas break. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with Jesse, but at the same time, I mean, this is a kid you've been dealing with for what, two, three. I mean, two, three years. Yeah. I mean, you, not just the kid, but the, as Austin said, the adults around him. I mean, you, and that that to me is just kind of baffling. How you know the the parents, the coaches at McCauley wouldn't you know pull somebody aside and say, hey, you know you're. It certainly smells. There's no, there's no doubt. It, that it, it smells. Smell, it smells more that that you know, no one said anything when Tennessee's coaches arrived to watch him play. You know that no one said, "Look, you know, hey, you know." And, and, and people they've been they've been dealing with for you know, well, but, months, I mean, years. I mean, family, close people around me. I don't have any idea what to McCall. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and 
I don't know what the Macaulay coaches, Macaulay coaches knew. I mean, if he signed and faxed it in from a hotel room in Orlando, you know, while he was at the basketball tournament, you know, who knows what, who knows what anybody knew or didn't know. It's just another byproduct of the early signing period of things you've got to, you know, the things you've got to cross check. Because, to my knowledge, this is the first one of these that has happened. First one we definitely have heard about. I will say, just in a big, larger scale, this is just another instance of kind of the underbelly of recruiting, where from both sides, from a player's perspective and a coach's perspective, it was a lose lose. No, there's just a lot of gray, and there's a lot of guys not being truthful to each sure. other well, yeah. all yeah. the time. Absolutely. And this this is a case where multiple parties participated. Right. Here's what I do know. The people brought up the you know people were trying to throw the people at Macaulay under the bus, Coach Potter, the AD, whoever. I've been around enough high school coaches that are just aloof to what is going on in a premier four or five star top talents recruitment. I, to, to insinuate that the, the, the people down there knew and didn't say anything, I think that's just wrong because I, in my in my experience, a lot of these coaches, you know, you know they're they're going to help the kids. To a certain point, but you know, at a certain point, they, they they are very much unaware of you know what's going on around them as far as who signed, who didn't. Right. So, some co- I mean, and that's it's, everybody's situation is different. different yeah. You know, and, and so that's why it's not it's it's hard to make bl- blanket things other than the blanket lesson here is you better refresh on the, on the database to see and oh. double check and and, and make sure. That, that you're not getting played that way. I, I can see them coming, and I'm not saying this will change just because of this one incident, but I can see them where they make it to where, okay, nothing's going to be announced as far as who all signed. It'll be in the database, obviously, if you want to look. But once the, 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 the second major All-Star game, so it's, you know, it's the Under Armour and then the, the All-American Bowl, once that takes place, then everybody that's signed, there's going to be a, a blanket release on everybody that's signed. You know what I'm saying? That well, but, but but it's there if it's already in the database. You, the, the lesson there for schools, and I'm sure this has been reminded in recruiting offices around the country everywhere, is you've got a month dead period where you can't go out on the road. Before you go back out on the road, you cross-check everything. Yeah. And you double-check everything. And I think ultimately that that's the lesson that I mean, is learned from here. you're checking the portal all the time. Right, Why you're checking the portal, check so that you, you check that at a time. So, anyway, Jay Hardy's officially off the board and done. That leaves Tennessee, Austin, and Jesse, Rob, everybody, at D. Beckwith and? That's the million-dollar question. You know, best available, I would say Malachi Weidman. Um, you know, obviously Tennessee has went, you know, if, if you're taking uh, – right now I think it's way too early to say Tennessee's a major player for Zach Evans. Does he make it here this weekend? That happens, that changes things. But, you know, uh, you know for me – you know, we'll, we'll see how, how things go coming off, you know, kind of, you know, feeling him out, seeing if he's got interest. He's only been here the one time. He visited Georgia, which is the school he originally signed with, on a Saturday for one of their big junior days. He came up here on Sunday. There, nobody was here. It was a very, you know, I would say a, a dull trip to come by here. So, like, I think in part of his – Knowledge of Tennessee is not like you know not that great because the the visit I think was just kind of yeah just a token run through campus and that kind of thing. Can they get him interested enough 
to come in here for an official visit this weekend. So that's a swing this week, the swing to see if you can get him to town. Yeah, he's, and he's then, going to Florida for the final week. And then all, and then you know, if you get him to town, who knows what happens? But that, that's well, that, that's, that's the story of Zach Evans. Who knows what happens? Well, and I, I mean, that, and that's one until the until somebody has a copy, a PDF file with validated signatures on it of an NLI. He Nothing just, really counts there, right? He may just go to the XFL. I'm joking. I bet but it goes to the, you know, who knows what's going on type stuff. Because George is back in play? Apparently they're talking to him. I don't know how serious it is. And nobody really knows why they cut him loose. We, we, there is no, and again, this is where the, the great, there is no... No. Has anybody ever cut somebody loose? In the, the, there's a lot of there's a lot of chatter out there. I mean, has that happened in basketball? Cut because, somebody because, from an LOI. There's, there, there's an early signing period in basketball and a late signing period in basketball. This is brand new in football. You've covered basketball for a long time. Has anybody I mean, signed in November, got out of a letter, and then re-signed in I mean, spring? Minus a coaching change, or, you know, just not. Right. I can't remember one like this. Where it's just especially for a guy that's a top ten talent. Yeah. And now suddenly that you know. Maybe LSU's and not, was, not recruiting. And especially them. not one where it appears it was the school's choice. Oh, it's absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know I what mean, I'm saying? Which, yeah. That's the, I can't, that's, that's the. I know, mean, that, that, that TV interview that he did with Dion at the Under Armour game is one of the strangest. When he's like, we, I don't know exactly who Zach Evans was talking to. I mean, I've heard theories, I've heard whatever. But when he's like literally pleading to college coaches that was that was a wild that was a wild deal. So th- this is one this is one that Tennessee obviously will, or maybe uh, he just wanted to take the semester off. Sorry, he graduated. He's just hanging out. Well, he wanted to go to. Uh, I mean, he he wanted to enroll early. Yeah, he, yeah, he wanted yeah. to show up to a school on January third, but nobody was going to take nobody him. Nobody was so. nobody at that point. I mean, th- th- but, th- but now th- everyone's circling back because again, the kid is a, is an immense talent, right? And, and so and so either they a, either they found enough to where they're fine with whatever what was the January third red flag or I, I mean I don't know I mean I don't think anybody really knows it, it's it's not just the cell phone story yeah there's there's plenty I of, mean for for the for programs who have looked the other way over a lot of stuff <laughs> in this league. I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to disparage the kid. I don't know. I'm just saying it's pretty naive to think there's not something there. Yeah. Yeah, and now and now so now we'll see what happens. Tennessee's obviously knocking on the door. Florida would like to make a big splash because they 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 need some running back help. It, how you know how serious is, is Georgia back involved? Here, here's has been there. If he visits here, there will be one other person that does visit here too, and that'll be Brady Ward, the offensive lineman. I think those two are. I won't say they're tied together, but little I think con- they're little connection. They're, they're they're taking the same visits together. So we'll see what happens with 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 him in turn with and Zach Evans. And does that squeeze out a guy like Caldwell? He'll be at South Carolina this weekend. Can Tennessee even get uh, Jerry on campus? You know, I think he's going to South Carolina the following weekend. Or maybe that's it. He's yeah. the last last yeah. visit south. So Tennessee had base guys to get him on campus this this weekend. weekend yeah. yeah. And, and, and Clemson was going by there today to kind of deliver the verdict on whether they wanted him to officially visit this weekend, which would knock Tennessee out for him. Yeah, that one seems like Tennessee's trending the other direction a little bit on him right now with, with Caldwell. Just because. Well, it depends on what Clemson does. If, if, if not, he'll come here this weekend. Unless Tennessee decides. Zach Evans and they're going Ward a different. I mean, I think they'll still bring him in yeah, and, and play the, and play the, best of, play the best available card. All right, D. Beckwith. 
Um, I had a chance to visit with him, talk to him. I know you've talked to a lot of people around him, Austin. I, I don't think I don't think Tennessee did anything bad this weekend with him. I think it was a good visit, but I don't. You know, his quote to me about I just kind of like Florida was a little bit of a you, you know that that he's just got a little bit of fandom for the Gators, even though he's not been there a whole lot. Yeah. On the flip side, for Tennessee in the positive vein, I think close proximity, fact that family can see him. Uh, brothers coming here. Uh, As a preferred walk on. I think he's comfortable with things here. He likes the relationship with the coaches. I think yeah. he likes the way Tennessee's got an offensive plan for him. So I think there's plenty of positives for Tennessee. Just don't think it was tied in a pretty little bow and put to bed for Tennessee this weekend. That's my take. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's a total coin flip. Um, you know, I, I think that if you just listen to all the positives, Tennessee's positives far outweigh Florida's. But as you're right, he's kind of just enamored with the Gators, and uh, and they're getting the final visit. And they're getting the final visit. So unless he goes to Kentucky the last weekend, or unless he comes back up here, or does he come back up here unofficially the last weekend? He has a weekend, or does he not do anything that last weekend? I thought that was a se- uh, that was the whole reason he moved it for he a was, senior. He day. was very That's on Saturday, but potentially he could come up on Friday. He was very uncommitted. I don't think he's going to go anywhere the last weekend, personally, based on based on what he said. I'm going to be. And I think this is a key for Tennessee's chances. Who goes with him to Florida? Yes, I agree. If, if who dad, goes on the visit? Dad, who did not come to Tennessee, if he goes to Florida, um, you know, mom. I, I don't think if, if one of them goes, it's fine. I just will be interested if dad goes. He did not come up here. Uh, mom came up here. And, of course, Cam's going to go with him as well. I think it's important for Tennessee that Cam is with him down there because I think Cam's clearly recruiting him to Tennessee. Yeah. And I think Cam is a guy who points out things to D to make sure you're looking at, to make sure you're seeing the whole big picture and you're not caught up in, you know, flashing lights or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think who all goes on that trip is going to be um, re- really important for Tennessee as they try to close that one out. All right, so you got you got Zach Evans, maybe you got Caldwell, you got Weidman, who we think Tennessee, you know, put their best foot forward with him, although he's been quiet since then. Yeah, Dylan Spencer, who was in town. Yeah, uh, that's uh, Spencer. Just seems like they're going to have to. Tennessee's going to have to miss on a lot for Spencer to end up in this class. You know, I can put on the board. I can see an, a scenario where he does, but like Tennessee's going to have to miss on a lot, um, and then he's going to have other options: Missouri, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Um, all those are, are are in play for Dylan Spencer. And I mean, at the end of the day, I think he's got a. Is it? A, I think it's an uncle or a cousin that was an All American at Ole Miss. You know, and it just sets up. You know, they've got some room down there. Any, you know, to potentially, you know, stay in state. Yeah, we'll see where he. He's supposed to visit Kansas and then Missouri. Does he take that Kansas trip this weekend? Uh, does he drop Missouri for an in-state visit? You know, that that type of thing. Family was really impressed with what they saw. They loved. They really liked it up here. But does he get caught up in the number squeeze because it's Beckwith and then best available out of those four or five yeah. names we mentioned is what it feels like right now. Yeah, I mean, and again, I think that two's the number, but it could potentially be three if they hit the right, you know. If they hit the right. If it's Zach Evans and they take whoever they have to take. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about the 2021 kids that were in town this weekend. They had a bunch of good-looking kids. The Mims kid, um, offensive tackle, all-world, great that they got him on campus. I think Tennessee's fighting a huge uphill battle there. You got Georgia's in play. Grew up like in Alabama. Alabama's all over that. But Tennessee got him on campus. We'll see if they can get him back. 
The um, Vandergrift deal does not help Tennessee in that respect. No, and, and the Vandergrift deal sounds like that's been done to Georgia for a good bit. I know it was official today, but it sounds like that was been done for a little bit of time here. Um, and he's obviously going to stay which, close to home and play with, so where grandparents could see him every week. Which makes which makes a guy who was on campus for Tennessee all the more important. I mean, you know, Bayou. The, the, yeah. Do you do you go hard on Bayou? I mean, the Canadian kid is playing down in Maryland. Yeah. Osavet's been working well, hard. Who on Who would that you one. not? I mean, who else? I, I don't know where he's at on their board, but in looking at quarterbacks out there, to me, Christian is the one they have the best shot at because they have the best relationship with him. He's been on campus multiple times. He clearly has a relationship with Osavet. They talk on a regular basis. When you talk to quarterbacks out there, he's the guy that talks about how much he's interacting with Tennessee more than some other kids to me. And we know quarterbacks are coming off the board in the next three to four months, right? Well, I mean, really, Veyu and Caleb Williams, and there's a couple others out west are really the only I think blue chippers even still out there at all now that now that Brock's committed and and I know Tennessee has some interest in Caleb Williams. I've actually I posited three months ago I was wondering why they hadn't offered him earlier, uh, but that's one that they're chasing a little bit. I mean Georgia was in that fix and now Georgia's out, but you know he's visited Oregon several times. LSU was thought to be serious. Uh, he was he was at Maryland, I think, just last week. So I think Austin, Tennessee is going to have to go. You know, if they really want to get in there, they need to obviously get Caleb on campus. But Veyu certainly seems like the best option for that twenty-one class. Well, right and he now. was here last summer and worked out for the staff. We watched him throw, and when we he came here for a game this fall, now he's back for another junior day. He's the one that seems like you have the most traction with outside of that, that's uncommitted. Now committed. Drake May would be that guy, but uh, you know he's still committed to Alabama. How serious is he really you know, looking around? And if he does look around, does North Carolina get in play? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying you pass on those guys. I'm just, it feels like Christian is the guy that is the most got realistic to, yeah. of, of the guys that is, is, is on your board. All right, as we wrap it up here, any other quick notes from the 2021s? I know we had a ton of stuff out there. We're going to have a ton more things out there. Anything of of real note for you? Uh, I think Tennessee's in really good shape with Malachi Bennett, okay. who is the uh, wide receiver DB out of. Uh, same high school R.J. Perry's from down in Fairfield in Alabama. Um, and then uh, I think I, I haven't seen the Dillsworth kid out of uh, over towards the Greensboro area. He's a good-looking kid. I mean, he's, a little, he's, a, he's a fraction light, but, I mean, as far as being put together, good-looking kid. And finally, as for staff changes? I mean, I, I said a week ago, Jesse's number, I thought I was going under on that. I'm, so, I, I'm taking the under right now, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not the saying there's track. not at least one more, but I, I, I'm, I'm taking the under at this point. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what – I mean, I don't think Pruitt's got a timetable for naming a running backs coach. We'll see if another name may or may not pop up in the coming days. We'll talk much more about that. Um, Moving forward in our Friday podcast is certainly on the message board as well. That's going to do it for this edition of the VolQuest.com podcast. For Austin Price, Jesse Simonton, and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.